Welcome, everyone. We are so glad that you have joined us in person, online, as we wrap up this quick three-week series that we're calling Raising Adults because kids grow up. And that's the goal, right? The goal is to raise adults. And this series, we've been talking about 15 principles, 15 different principles that and, and today we'll cover the last five. We've covered ten so far in the first two weeks. And these principles are not so much um, <laughs> about a formula that if you do this and, you know, out pops the perfect kid kind of thing. Um, but it's more so this is a guide. This is a guide in the journey of raising adults, of shaping hearts. And so I hope that this is something that um, has been beneficial to you because it's not just for parents. It obviously is uh, something that parents can immediately relate to, uh, but it's also for parents to be. One day you're thinking about having kids, uh, grandparents, aunts, uncles, school teachers, elementary, middle school, high school, college professors, coaches, employers, mentors, small group leaders, any way that your life intersects with the next generation means that this is something you and I need to know and interact with, and that just about is all of us. And even if you're um, here in middle school and high school and you're like, man, this has got nothing to do with me. Oh, yeah, it does, because a couple things. Number one, if you're a student watching this and, and interacting with this, the first thing is that it'll help you kind of see behind the curtain. These are the things that the adults in your life are trying to accomplish and trying to do and in investing into you, and so it kind of help you understand you know, what they're shooting for and the goal here. And secondly, one day you will be raising adults in your own way. You'll be either uh, a parent, uh, a coach, a teacher, employer, and you'll be interacting with the next generation that comes after you. So everybody is at the table here. Let me do a quick recap. Here's 10 that we've covered real fast. If this is interesting to you or if you're like, man, I missed that, then go back and catch up. Number one, we saw it's important to know the season you're in. Here they are. Uh, eventually, you'll be in each of these seasons, and we talked about what those look like. Number two, we talked about what it looks like to reach for the ideal, even though you have to embrace what is real. Shoot for the stars, but you got to deal with what's in front of you. Number three, openly admit your failures because you're going to have them, and the uh, children in your life, the students in your life, they know you have them. They see them. Right? Your weaknesses will show themselves without your permission. So if you want to just be open and honest with that, then that actually becomes a strength of yours. Number four, we talked about that ultimate success is not determined by current reality. And that is so encouraging right? Because often current reality does not look good. It doesn't feel good. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going good, uh, whether it's, you know, with them or in your family or in your marriage or in your personal life and whatever. And so it's great to know that ultimate success is not determined just by what you think and see and feel right now. Number five, invest into what they are into, not because you're into what they're into, but because you're into them. You love them. We talked about what it looks like to help them be well-grounded, not necessarily perfectly well-rounded if there is such a thing. And last week we covered these. Number six, ultimately, you can't avoid their free will to choose. You just can't. They have a free will, and doggone it, they will use it. They will. And so your job is to come alongside of them, help them shape their free will, and manage their free will in a way that is helpful for them and others and ultimately honoring to God. Number seven, respond, don't just react. We are big reactors, aren't we? Even to a nuclear level. Respond, respond. 
And the difference is self-control. Number eight, listen more than your lecture. Woo, boy, that's clear. That's clear. And we talked about what that looks like and the benefits of listening. Number nine, get good at forgiving. They're going to need it. They're going to need a lot of it. And this is where healing takes place. This is where you're moving forward together is get, just get good at it, okay? Because they're going to need a lot of it, and so will you. And number 10, preserve the relationship, period. Period, period, period. Preserve the relationship. No matter what happens in between, no matter what happens along the way, and a lot is going to happen, the end and the focus here is the relationship. The relationship is the thing that's more important than anything else. So there's the first 10. Um, a few weeks ago, I had this realization, something that occurred to me, that I don't know how I'd miss this, but I'd miss this, something about the word parent. And this is especially important on Father's Day. You dads, listen up. This is free. In fact, this is worth the price of admission. I guarantee it. Um, right there in the word parent, I don't know how I miss this. And it's probably a little bit too late for me because I'm an empty nester now. But right there in the word parent is a hidden message. Two words together. Pay rent. Now, those of you grammar nerds out there, you're like, no, that is pa. No, you, sadly, you are incorrect. Sound it out. P a, A. There's an A there. It's A says A, pay rent. It's been there the whole time. I don't know how we miss this. Hopefully, uh, you still have the ability to apply that. So, again, happy Father's Day. <laughs> pay rent. See, it's right there. Hey, what I'd like for us to do is what we've done for the last two weeks, and that's let's get started before we jump into the principles by talking about why this matters and why this is important. And we're, let's come back to the same three scriptures that we've, we've seen the last couple of weeks. And each time you read them, I don't know if, it's, if, if you're like me, each time I read this and meditate on this and think about this, I see it a little bit differently. I, I, I see a different facet of it. Like, just, let's begin with this. Children are a gift from the Lord. There are going to be some times that you hear this, and that's going to feel really good to you. And you're going to be like, oh, you're going to look at the children in your life, the students in your life, and you're going to go, children are a gift from the Lord. And then there are going to be other days that you have to kind of like get yourself through this, and you, and you will look at them, and you'll be doing this to yourself quietly. You gift, 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 you know. Like, you know, gag gift, prank gifts, gift, 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 gift. And that's normal, and that's natural. You're going to have moments like that, too. We saw this, the wisdom of Solomon to train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. This, when I read this lately, I, I think about those words, in the way he should go, in the way she should go, in the way they should go. This speaks to the individuality of kids, the individuality of students, the individuality of these, these, these adults that you're raising. So it's the same values, right? You teach them all the same values. You give them all the same love, but you apply it differently because they're different, different personalities, different strengths, different weaknesses, and leaning, learning to lean to the individuality. It's, 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 a, it's a gift. It's a wonderful thing. And then we go to the New Testament, and we're told as fathers, happy Father's Day, or parents, anyone who is raising adults, to not provoke children to anger by the way you treat them. And I think we've all screwed that up. You do this long enough, and you'll be guilty of that. But rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Those words, discipline and instruction, help me understand how hard this is. It's about discipline and instruction, and that's not easy. Discipline and instruction, the journey of raising adults. Fair warning is not for the faint of heart. 
It's a serious deal. It's a big deal. And it's hard, but it's worth it. So with these foundational truths, let's dive into the last five principles, starting with number 11, where we see that it's important to call out the good more than the bad. I mean, the bad is there, right? But you call out the good more than the bad because there is so much good. There is so much more good than you know and then you see. And if you don't call it out, it's going to get missed. If you don't call it out, they will miss it, you will miss it, it'll get overlooked. So call out the good in their behavior. Call out the good in what they do. Celebrate that. Make a big deal about it. What they do and even what they don't do when what they choose not to do is a good choice. Celebrate that. Make a big deal about that. Party hardy when it comes to the good stuff. And, and, and call out the good in them in who they are as a person. So there's so much more good about them as an individual than you can possibly imagine. So call out the good in their behavior. Call out the good in them as a person. Here's why it's important, because it's going to be so much easier and so much more natural, unfortunately, to focus on the bad. It is so much more easy and so much more natural to call out the bad, not because there's more of it, but just because it gets more attention. The bad gets more attention. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. All the cliches. Some of that is human nature, right? It's just our human nature. We gravitate towards the negative and the bad. And some of it, it comes from ourself. Like when you look in the mirror, even as an adult, you automatically see more things about yourself you don't like than you do things you do like. You automatically gravitate and focus on the bad. Uh, the peer, their peer group is not going to help with this either. Their peer group is going to focus on negative things more than positive things when it comes to them. I mean, go back. Go back in your mind to middle school. Let me take you back to those fun, fun days, you know. Yay. For some of you, this is going to be painful. Try to control the bursting out into tears. Go back to middle school and think of your peer group. Did your peer group help you feel better about yourself <laughs> or worse about yourself? Yeah. If you had the normal experience, whew, middle school is what you survive, right? Maybe that one in the high school, and maybe um, it's your experience as an adult on your neighborhood street. Hopefully not. But, but that's why it's so important. And culture's not going to help either. Culture's going to focus on the bad more. Just watch the news. Bad news gets more press than good news. The first five minutes of the evening, evening news or, or the headlines of going to whatever news site you visit. Yeah. So you got to be so intentional about seeing the good and calling out the good because it's going to be more natural, more easy to focus on the bad. See the good, call out the good. See the good and call it out. Um, I had an interesting experience this past uh, few, few months. Our oldest grandson, Case, is four and a half, and he just finished his first season of T-ball. And he's four, right? Now, this is new to me because we had girls, you know, Morgan and Maggie, uh, so they didn't, weren't into the baseball kind of thing and the, and the ball scene so much. I mean, we did dance and we did other things. And later, we did some sports. But anyway, it, the t-ball thing was lost. I mean, some of you know this very well, but if you've never been to a four- or five-year-old t-ball game, you are missing it. <laughs> let, me, let me give you a quick rundown. They do almost everything wrong. 
Almost everything that happens there is, is wrong, right? When the ball gets hit, hit, you know, and it makes it out into the infield, there's a gang pile for the ball, right? And it's just like tackle. And there's a kid crying, and he didn't get to touch the ball, and I wanted it first, and I wanted it more than you did, and he didn't let me have it. And it's just all, you know, the coach and the dads are pulling kids off of one another. And there's a kid over here on third base that's just playing in the dirt, making dirt, because he's got this hat, and he's got a nice little outfit on, and, he's, and his mom's so proud. She said, play ball, play ball. And the dad's mortified. My kid's playing in the dirt. And then after the game, after the game, what happens? All the dads and all the coaches go around to all the kids. Good game. Good game. Good game. Awesome. Good game. Good game. Wasn't that a good game? Not technically, it was horrible as far as the game goes. Right? But we're going to, and we should. We should. Good game. Good game. Good game. Good game. And then they give them snacks. What? And that's what they're playing for. They don't care who wins or loses. We got a bag of Cheez-Its when it's all over with and a Capri Sun. I mean, what more could you want? And they line up for the snacks, man. And on the way back to the car one day, I, I gave Case, a four-year-old, just kind of the, the slap on the back. Good game, man. Good game. And he said, yeah. Yeah, Pops. I, I hit good. I run good. I listen good. I catch good. And I got all these snacks. <laughs> I wasn't going to sit him down and say, okay, well, let's talk about playing in the dirt. <laughs> no. Call out the good. See the good. I know that gets more complex. It gets a whole lot more complex when they get older. As they get older and the bad things they do get more serious, right? I would argue that it's even more important then to call out the good, see the good, and highlight the good. As the bad gets more serious, the good gets more significant to point out and to highlight. And, and before I move on, I know there's some of you out there who's like, see, though, kids need reality. That's what's wrong with this world. That's what's wrong with this world. The kids need a good dose of reality. Someone need to look them in the face and tell them what what. Thank you. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> you need a mommy and a hug, right? Here's the deal. I get it. I get it. I get it. And there's a time and a place. There's a time and a place to sit, to sit this adult you're raising, to sit them down and, and to help them deal with the stuff that needs to be dealt with. There's a time and a place for that. But listen very carefully. They're going to get enough of that. You'll see to it, unfortunately. Culture will see to it. The world will see to it. Life is going to tear them down enough. We'll beat them up enough. They're going to need somebody in their life that's calling out the good. That's calling out the good. That makes an intentional effort, a conscious effort to catch them doing good and then celebrating it and highlighting it and help them rise to a greater level. Because here's the deal. Let me say this, and you chew on this, and we're going to move on. You will never shame them to greatness. You will never shame them to greatness. That's number 11. Number 12, say yes every time you can, and no only when you need to. Say yes every time you can. That takes wisdom, diligence, and a lot of hard work. This is a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of thought to do this right, to do this well. And I wish I would have done this better than I did. My wife was so much better than this than, than I was. It's just say yes every time you can and no only when you need to. When they're little, even when they're adolescents, I mean, it, regardless. The reason this is challenging is that no is our default setting. Especially if you're tired and worn out and it's late right? And you've just had it. It's the end of a long day. No, no, no. Because no also means I don't have time to think about it. I'm too tired. So it's a no, right? It's a no. 
And you learn this as a kid. You know, you position your asks very well, right? You're thinking, okay, well, he's too tired. He's just going to say no. She's just too tired. She's going to say no, right? So no becomes a default, especially when we're tired. The yes takes thought, time, and energy. So take the thought, time, and energy to say yes every single time you can. When you overuse a no, listen very carefully to this. When you overuse the no, two things happen. It begins to lose its meaning, number one, and you don't want your no to lose its meaning. When that's all you say, it eventually becomes white noise. Oh, they always say no. She always says no. He always says no. He didn't even think about it. They didn't even think about it. They always said no. And secondly, it becomes associated with your voice. You don't want no to be associated with your voice. And they just assume when they say something, it's going to be a no. It's going to be a no. It's always a no. It's just it's a no. No, no. Here's the deal. There is a time and a place for no. There is a, just an undeniable time and a place for no. It's called boundaries. And if they don't have them, well, they're not going to do well. They will self-destruct. And so the no is our default setting, sometimes because we're tired, sometimes because it's just they're going to need a lot of that along the way. That's why you have to be intentional about saying yes to every single thing you can say yes to that is good and healthy so that you save your nose for the things that truly matter. I mean, look for ways to say yes. Surprise them with your yes. Think about that. Look for ways to say yes in a way that they didn't see that coming. They, prob- they, they, they asked because, you know, they had to ask, and they assumed it was going to be a no, and they got a yes, and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, come again? Right? You remember those days? I hope you do. Yeah, surprise them with a yes. Help them know you are for them. Now listen, we know this as adults who are raising adults. Sometimes we say no because we are for them and we're trying to protect them and help them in ways that they can't see. But you know what? You know what communicates that you're for them? Say yes as many times as you possibly can and let them know. And tell them this. We want to say yes to everything we feel like we can say yes to. And only no when we feel like we need to. So when we say no, when I say no, it's serious. That, that's a big deal. Okay, number 12. Number 13, make it about their first name, not their last name. I first heard this years ago from a pastor in Atlanta, Andy Stanley. He, he was teaching it in the context of celebrating, celebrating the next generation, celebrate their first name, not their last. And I wish I'd have heard this when our girls were little. I wish I'd have heard this when our girls were really little. Yeah. Make make it about their first name, not their last. Here's the difference. I want you to chew on this. Their first name is about them. Guess who their last name is about? You. The family. Now, remember, we grew up, probably, if you're like me, and the generations before us, it was all about the last name. Your family, the heritage, you know what stock you come from, young man, kind of thing, you know? And there's a time and a place for that. I think that's a wonderful thing, you know, to honor your, honor the, your history and honor your heritage and your family, and, and, that, and that's great. And our decisions do affect those around us. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. We should have gotten to this a lot sooner than we did. It's really about their first name. It's not about their last name. It is about them. It is not about you. Be more concerned 
with them as an individual than you are your reputation. We talked about this last week, I think, maybe the week before, but I think it was last week. If you're going to raise adults, then you're going to have to not worry so much about your reputation because it will get sullied. It will get damaged. It's just going to happen, but it's okay because you're raising adults. It's not about you, right? It's not about you. You will be misunderstood. You will be misquoted. You will be taken advantage of. That's okay because it's not about you. It's about their first name, not their last. If, if your thoughts are thoughts that constantly are saying things like, well, what are they going to think? What are they going to think? If I say yes to this, what are they going to think? If I let her do this, what are they going to think? If I let him do this, what are they going to think? What are they going to think? What are the teachers down the hall going to think? What are the parents down the street going to think? What is my mother going to think? What is she going to say? I, I hate to say it like this. Who cares? You're parenting them. You're guiding them. You're teaching them. You're coaching them. You're training them. My wife says it like this. You, you have to put blinders on. You have to put blinders on. And it's like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, think about a horse race. Okay? Lots of horse races in the summertime. I like to watch a good horse race, especially the big ones. It's just, oh, it's just beautiful. But you can watch those horses. They all have blinders on. The blinders are intentional so that the horse is looking and what's in front of them. The horse is not distracted so much by the horses that are like this close to them, you know, I don't know how they do it. Get the blinders on, okay? So you got to think, think. Put blinders. I'm going to put my blinders on. So I'm going to focus on you. And I'm not going to worry about my neighbor. I'm not going to worry about my mom or his mom. I'm not going to worry about family. I'm not going to worry about what other people are thinking or saying. It's me and you, buddy. It's me and you, sweetie. And I'm going to focus on you. First name. Not their last. Parents, let me say something specifically to you. Parenting is personal, but don't take it personally. Parenting is personal. It will affect you. No other way around it. But don't take it personally. It ain't ultimately about you. It's just not. Don't make their failures about you. Don't make their successes about you. It's about them. When we do this thing well, when we raise adults well, here's the phenomenon that happens. Those of us who are doing the raising of adults, we begin to slip in the shadows. We begin to disappear. And the ones that we're raising take the front and center spotlight. When we're doing it well, that's what happens. You see, when you find yourself moms of young you know, kids, you know, parenting, I'm doing this so other moms will think I'm a great mom. That's about your last name. That's not about their first name. I'm doing this because I want other dads to look at me and say, hey, that's a great dad. You know, no, 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 that's about your last name. That's not about their first name. Okay, don't do this. You know what the teachers down the hall, they're going to think, I don't know what I'm doing. Gonna, what are you doing? And, you know, no, no, that's about you. That's not about them. I think we got the point. Make it about them. Make it about them. Make it about them. Number 14, move it on. This is stuff you come back to. This is a lot. I get it. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant. Give them a foundation of faith. This is key. To build theirs on. Okay? That's, that's the purpose of giving them a foundation of faith. Is so that they've got something to build their foundation of faith on. To build their faith on. Foundation of faith that they can borrow. They'll need to borrow it. Because they'll just take what you believe for a while. They'll just, they'll believe what you believe. They'll believe what you say. 
for a while. They'll borrow it. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a beautiful thing. They'll lean on it. They'll lean on it. And so parents, that's, so, that's why it's so important. Grandparents, listen, that's why it's so important. Adults, that's why it's so vitally important to understand that your relationship with God will serve as a foundation and a building block for theirs. So take yours seriously. Dads, follow Jesus. Moms, follow Jesus. Grandparents, walk with the Lord. Even teachers and coaches, and I know in our culture, there's all kinds of limits on what you can say and what you can't say and all that, but they'll pick it up. They'll pick it up. They'll pick it up. They know the difference. They know. They sense it. Give them a foundation of faith to build theirs on because they're going to need it. Now, listen carefully. As they build their faith on yours, they've got to own their own faith. You've got to help them own their own faith. Eventually, their faith has to be their own. And the process of them owning their faith means they're going to push against yours. They're going to try yours. They're going to test yours. They're going to question yours. And this is where parents and grandparents and, and adults start freaking out, right? They said they don't know if they believe. Well, we believe. What do I say? They don't, they, don't, they don't see it the way I see it. What? Okay, that's normal. That's natural. This is the process of them owning their faith. They push against it. They test it, just like many of us did. To get to a place where it's theirs, they own it. Because the goal here, the win here, is that they call on the Lord on their own when they're no longer doing it because you're guiding them to. That they call on the Lord, that they look to the Lord on their own. It means they may not see it the way you see it, maybe for a long time. The passage we read all three weeks in Proverbs, when they are old, they won't depart from it. When they are old. Now, I wish you would have told us how old. We don't know how old, and that's probably different. But, but you know what that insinuates? That there's going to be some departing. Expect some departing. Don't freak out if there are some departing. And some of you right now, you're right in the middle of that. You're like, oh, no, they're long gone departed. Okay. It's not over yet. The story's not over. Their story is not over. You give them, give them that foundation of faith to build on and let them build theirs. And as they own their faith, you will be surprised how those foundational things that you instilled into them will come back and guide them so that they call on the Lord on their own. Maybe a little bit differently than you. Maybe even more sincerely than you. Give them a foundation of faith to build on. Lastly, number 15. Raising adults is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You can endure a sprint. It's over real quick. A marathon's a whole different deal. We're going to be here a while. It's a marathon. Raising adults takes time. It is a long, temporary journey of shaping hearts that is over before you know it. And you're on into the next season, like it or not. It's a marathon. Many good days, many hard days. But on the hard days, you have to remind yourself, this is a marathon. This is a marathon. We're going to be here a while. This is a long journey, and we're going to hang in there. The days are long. They're so long in the journey of raising adults. The days are long. Like I've joked before, if you have toddlers, they're 42 hours long. 
Yeah, right? You put them to bed with blackout shades. You ever done that, right? You try to make them think it's dark outside. Are there children playing? Oh, no, I don't know what that is. It's bedtime. <laughs> Woo! And the next day is the exact same thing all over again, right? And then the teenage years and the drama and the complexities of all of those things, you actually get so tired and exhausted, you might find yourself wishing those days away. And if you do, you're not a horrible parent, horrible grandparent, horrible adult. You're pretty normal, actually. Because you're tired, you're tired, you're exhausted, and you're like, I don't know. See, there's points in a marathon where you, I don't know if I can keep doing this. How much longer can I keep doing this? This is, this is exhausting. Yeah, it's a marathon. Yeah, it's, it's not just over in a day. The days are long, but the years are short. The days are long, but the years are short, I promise you. And those of you who have been doing this raising adults thing for a while, you know how short they are. You know how short they are. The milestone moments are on you faster than you can imagine. It's a boy. It's a girl. And then before you know it, hey, they're holding their own bottle. Yes. Things are getting back, going to get easier now. (laughs) And then they learn to walk. Yes. And then they're talking. And then they go off to school. Milestone moments are here before you know it. Oh, we're driving now. We're graduating. Off to college. They got a job. They're making money and they're spending it on their own. Much differently than you would. They get married. And before you know it, they start raising adults of their own. And they have the next generation. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. The milestone moments, will they, they will exhaust you to no end, but they will be on you before you know it and gone. I told you this earlier. My youngest daughter, Maggie, just got married about a month ago. And... Um, when she got engaged, I found a picture and I put it on my dresser, just kind of like a, just kind of helped me mark the moment. I don't know, just kind of a dad thing. I put this picture on my dresser when Maggie got engaged. Um, this is Maggie. And this is one of our family fishing trips. And the reason this picture is so significant is because at this stage in this little blonde headed girl's life, she didn't sit still much for nothing. Right, she's on the go, party on legs, man. I mean, if Maggie was in the room, everybody's having a good time kind of thing. It's just one of those deals. And so I caught her in a moment where she was fishing and watching that float. Watch the bobber, watch the bobber, watch the bobber. You know, this is, my dad takes his stuff very seriously. However, a few weeks ago, I did realize that the Happy Meal box over here was Finding Nemo. I don't know, you can't see that. I'm like, this is a conflicting message. We're Finding Nemo. We're fishing for Nemo. We hope Nemo makes it. (laughs) Nemo's floating. I know. Isn't that interesting? About a month ago, we took this next picture. This is Maggie on her wedding day. Beautiful bride, isn't she? 
Wow, how did, how did we get from that picture to this picture? Just that fast. But at the same time, I, you know, there, there's a journey here. And it's been a long one. Let me show you one more picture. This is, this is my whole gang as it stands right now. And I don't put my family up here much. I, I do that on purpose, but this is me, the good-looking one way over here. This is my beautiful wife, Donna. And this is Maggie, the bride, and her dashing husband, Arkham. This is my oldest, lovely daughter, Morgan, and her fantastic husband, Marshall. And their two boys, this is Case, who's four and a half, T-ball guy. And this is Canaan, year and a half. I look at this, and I know this is a selfish moment, but the reason this I share this with you is because you have your own pictures. You have your own timeline. And right now you're, you're playing them in your own head. How did we get from one photo to the next so quickly? In this journey of raising adults, you've got to pace yourself. The seasons are going to feel like an eternity. But they will pass quicker than you know it. Hey, listen, Father's Day, so dads, grand, granddads, listen up. If you're into golf, let me use that analogy. you got to play the long game in raising adults. you got to play the long game. There are going to be a lot of days you can't go for it. You're going to have to lay up. That's the wise thing to do. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. You force it, you'll end up in the sand, you'll end up in the water. It's going to cost you a stroke. You get it. Play the long game. It's a long, temporary journey of shaping hearts and young lives. The most exhausting, challenging, yet the most rewarding thing you will give your one and only life to if you have the opportunity to invest into the next generation, and we almost all of us do in some way. So worth it, raising adults. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to interact with the gifts that you have given us, these children and students, the next generation. They are a gift from you. Thank you for this journey. Give us grace and strength as it gets exhausting and tiring and wearying. Give us moments where we can celebrate together. And may these principles guide us as we invest into them, as the generation before us invested into us. And may we do it even better with more passion and more energy and more purpose. We thank you for this opportunity, and we ask you to bless and strengthen the ones that are coming after us, that we are pouring ourselves into. In Jesus' name, amen.